This is the Dive into Malaysia Travel Podcast, Episode 2, with Dive into Malaysia founder Sharon Goulet. In today's episode, I'm discussing everything flights. Most probably, your Malaysian adventure will start with a flight, possibly a long one, to this great country. Now, if you don't live in the region, this can get pricey and complicated. So I'm going to tell you all my tips and tricks to get a good deal and other things you could consider, like starting in Singapore instead and budget airlines right up to flying business class. By the end of this episode, you'll have lots of ways to look for a great flight deal so you have more money to spend having a fabulous time in Malaysia. Welcome to the Dive Into Malaysia Travel Podcast, the place to be when you're dreaming and planning all the awesome adventures you could have in Malaysia. Each week on the show, your host Sharon will take you from underwater adventures in one of Malaysia's marine parks to standing on top of the world in Merdeka 118 in KL to eating the best food you'll experience in your life at a hawker centre to planning how to get from A to B and where to stay. It's all here. Flying to Malaysia is certainly an area where I have a lot of experiences. I have flown to Malaysia so, so many times mostly from Melbourne, Australia, but also from many places in the region and Europe. I've flown everything from a $99 airfare for the eight-hour journey from Malaysia, from Melbourne, sorry, on AirAsia to business class on premium airlines. I've done it alone and I've done it with three kids. And what I can say is that I've never had a terrible experience. So that's the first really great point to keep in mind as we go through all of this, or especially if you're stressing about the flights over there. Now, before we dive into everything Malaysia flights, remember you can find today's show notes at diveintomalaysia.com slash episode two. Now, this has the links for everything I'm talking about today, a summary of the information here, you know, so take a look there when you're getting ready to book. It also has extra information links for things like how to get from KLA to the city, things we just sort of brush over uh, in today's podcast because we're really just concentrating on flights. So let's start by talking about the two main ways to book, which are either through a travel agent or online. Now, if you have a great travel agent that you trust, great. You know, you're very lucky because it's hard to find. And there's no reason you can't take that route. For me, I learned a long time ago that with a bit of research, I could get much better deals than agents. And it's easy to book online and generally better to deal with an airline direct. And I learned that lesson over and over again with all the flight cancellations I dealt with when the COVID pandemic started. I also actually have my travel agent's qualification in Australia. That's a certificate three in international travel sales. And you really need to remember that travel agents work on commission. They size you up when they walk in and decide how much they think they can increase the price by so they'll earn more commission. It's not actually in their best interest to get you a great deal. Plus, if things go wrong, you'll have to deal with them rather than the airline. Now, this can be great if they are fantastic because dealing with airlines isn't always fun. But it's bad when it's the middle of the night in their time zone and you need help right now or if they just don't really care, they're busy, they've got other things to worry about. Now, I personally always book through airlines directly online. Occasionally, I've booked on a different site online like Flight Center or Expedia and I've generally regretted it. So I really just don't do that anymore. It can, it can feel tempting because it can seem cheaper on those sites, um, but I've just really learned to go to the airline directly. Now, when the pandemic hit, this really, like, was hit home to me. I had such an awful time. One of my flights to Malaysia was booked by the Flight Centre website and it was really awful trying to get my money back. The other flights I had with airlines directly, it wasn't always fun, but it just worked a lot more smoothly. You know, I had Flight Centre arguing things like, 
that I had cancelled the flight, right? And this was when Qantas, it was on Qantas, had granted their whole international fleet. You know, so obviously it wasn't me cancelling it, right? And, and they're telling me, they're trying to argue that I cancelled it so I wasn't entitled to a refund. I'm definitely sticking to airlines from now on. So like I said, it can cost a little bit more money, but I just I think it's priceless. There's just too many changes happening in the world today with flight and you just want to keep it simple. Just have one like company you can go to. Now, to get an idea of flight prices, I do use a tool like Skyscanner. And in fact, Skyscanner is what I tend to use, skyscanner.com. It's just so handy for giving me the best price, prices across many airlines. You simply enter in your home airport and you can put in Kuala Lumpur and you'll get tons of options. It's really a great idea to work, a way to work out which airline has the best prices and then I go to the airline directly. I do note with that that usually the cheapest prices you see in tools like Skyscanner, they're going through other booking websites that I don't necessarily trust. So usually you do have to pay a little bit more than what it says in Skyscanner. So you can book with the airline directly. But it is definitely what I recommend for all the reasons I just went over. Now, if you can be flexible, you can get much better deals too. Like looking for a Tuesday, you know, instead of a Friday night or a Saturday. Check surrounding airports if you live near more than one or it's not a big deal to go to a different one. Um, and all those types of things, like checking any sort of different combination like that, can lead to much cheaper prices. I also highly recommend you consider flying into Singapore instead. They have a great airport with many flight options, and they're actually only half an hour taxi ride from the Malaysia border. Although I will add to that, you then need to cross the border, which depending on the time of day can take a while. So definitely check out flights into there as well and compare with Kuala Lumpur. On that topic, these are generally the two airports you want to look at and have the best deals. So Kuala Lumpur International Airport, KLIA it's often called, is a major airport with tons of airlines as is Singapore Changi. They're both great airlines when it comes to options. Now, if you do want to go to Penang, Langkawi or Borneo with Kota Kinabalu or Kuching being the normal ways you fly in, you could also consider plugging these cities into Skyscanner from your home city and see what happens. But it usually does work out. Not always, but usually that you're cheaper flying into KL or Singapore and then buying a separate ticket for any domestic flights or flights from Singapore. But see what prices come out. You know, it's worth a quick look. Domestic flights in Malaysia are generally very cheap, so I wouldn't worry about flight costs once you actually make it into the country. Now, if you do fly into Singapore, Johor Bahru in Malaysia, it's the city right next to Singapore, just across a bridge or a causeway, as they call it. You can get public buses directly from the airport, but they're like every couple of hours last time I checked. Or you can just book a taxi in advance to get you directly there, which is what I do. You know, they wait for you. They take you across. Last time I did it was 90 Singapore dollars, um, but they take you right through the border, right? Uh, if you take the bus, you've got to get it off at each side of the border with your suitcases and that. Taxi, bam, you're there. It's really nice after a long-haul flight. At the time of recording this, I'm basically actually always flying into Singapore from Melbourne at the moment. I've just done two trips recently to Malaysia and I've got two coming up and they're all by Singapore. At the moment, it's a better deal. You know, before COVID, that was not the case. It just that always went into KL. But it really is just looking at the different options. You know, I then do take the taxi to Johor Bahru. I spend a, a night usually and then I'll fly domestically from that airport, which is usually a fair bit cheaper than flying from Singapore as well. But either airport's usually pretty cheap. Now, there's some great hotels in Johor Bahru for great prices. So staying a night is, is not bad, right? There's, there's a whole uh, lot of like four-star, good quality hotels, really cheap prices right near where you cross in at immigration. So it is just really easy to do that. I wouldn't really consider it a turn-off. But if you can get a good deal to Kuala Lumpur, 
generally this is the better way to go, right? Kuala Lumpur is a great place to arrive through. It's in quite a convenient place in the country too, somewhat centrally um, to, in Peninsular Malaysia. You know, the airport is about an hour from the capital. It's not actually in Kuala Lumpur, so you do have a bit of a taxi ride coming up there or a bus or train, but it's all very easy to do. And what's great is that you could also choose to go somewhere else, especially if you've been in Malaysia before. You don't actually have to start in KL even if you're flying there. You know, we've often gone to Port Dixon, for example, on the coast. It's about the same distance or time anyway as going to KL. You know, I'd spend our first couple of days hanging out in Overwater Pool Villa at the Lexus Hibiscus. You know, it's a great way to de-stress after flying long haul. Or you could go straight to Malacca. You know, you can use our taxi service to book that. You can be picked up there and taken straight there. It's not so far either. Um, we've also just done quick stopovers in Malaysia where we've gone to Sunway Lagoon which is a great big theme park and they've got a whole lot of hotels there, a big shopping centre. You know, if we've just had a couple of nights in the country in transit, that's also been a great way to go. Um, so there are lots of places you can go from Kuala Lumpur and, you know, I mean, it is a better place to fly into than Singapore generally unless you're heading to Johor Bahru anyway, but it really just depends on prices. You know, it's something worth considering flying to Singapore. So like I said, KL is somewhat in the centre of Peninsula Malaysia. It's got the best transport everywhere, you know, the most domestic flights. Tons of buses, you know, everywhere in Peninsula, Malaysia. And it's just super handy. There's trains as well to some places. But, you know, I would pick it. I also just, like, love Kuala Lumpur. So you definitely should have that on your itinerary in Malaysia unless you've been, you know, lots of times before and you want to try something new. Now, when you're looking at prices in Skyscanner, some may be for budget airlines um, and you'll still need to purchase luggage, meals and maybe seats, which can add up. So when you're comparing between, you know, like an Air Asia or a Scoot or someone with those full service airlines, just remember you're probably going to be paying, you know, like an extra hundred bucks or something for those extra things as well. Annoyingly, you really have to go to the budget airline site itself and kind of put in the flight and all the extras to see how much it'll cost all up. There isn't really an easy shortcut to work out exactly how much it will cost you in the end. So which airline should you fly to Malaysia? Well, there are so many great choices and some budget ones that can help make your trip super affordable. Malaysia Airlines is a national carrier and it goes many places. They are easy and I found them fine. Apart from last year, we did have a flight cancelled and got stranded in Europe and it took a whopping 30 phone calls for them to rebook us. I am still a little bitter about that, but I have flown them a lot and that's the only negative experience. It's not my favourite full service carrier, but it's far from the worst and it does a fine job. AirAsia can be another good option for people in Asia and Australia. They've won many awards for being a great budget carrier, and I have to agree with their awards. I used to fly them all the time before COVID when they were just so cheap. Unfortunately, now flights between Australia and Malaysia, they just aren't at all. And I wouldn't pick them over Malaysia Airlines where price is similar, especially because you have to pay for all the extras. I have flown them a lot recently domestically within Malaysia, though, and they are still fine. And I think they are a great budget airline for those regional flights, just not so much to Australia right now, but hopefully they'll be back with $99 fares one day again in future. Venturing to Singapore, you have Singapore Airlines, of course, and their budget baby brother, Scoot Airlines. Singapore Airlines is great. I've recently flown them long haul in both economy and business and have had great experiences. They fly many places and are definitely a top choice in this part of the world. Scoot is probably my least favourite option, but they can be the cheapest, so I find I get stuck on them sometimes. The flight times can be horrible. I'm really frustrated with them at the moment as they moved our flight from Singapore to Melbourne with kids to 2.30am and they won't give me a refund or change it. 
Their onboard extras are also much pricier than Air Asia, so keep that in mind. The upside is that their premium class can be cheaper than any other airline's economy, even ones like Air Asia, which is why I still consider them at times. If you're in Australia, Jetstar is another solid budget option which flies into Singapore. We fly them regularly now and it's been a good experience. Their prices can be very reasonable as well. Their full-service big brother Qantas is another great option into Singapore and one of my favourites. It just tends to be the priciest. Melinda is another budget airline flying regionally and from Australia. I've only had positive experiences with them, but I've only flown domestically and not long haul, so I can't really say what it's like if you flew them from Melbourne, for example. Then there are all the other options. So many airlines flying to Kale and Singapore from all over the world. You know, I believe Singapore is one of the busiest airports in the world. I have a bit of a bias towards the Middle East carriers where possible, so Emirates and Qatar. They seem more reliable over the pandemic with consistently good service. When it comes to booking budget airlines, if you want good prices and can be flexible, I highly recommend you sign up to their newsletters. These will tell you when a sale is on and then book straight away when it comes out to avoid missing out. Good fares go quick. Remember, you will have to pay for everything, of course, though, when you see those cheap fares. This can be a good thing, though, is at least you can somewhat pick what to eat and when, where to sit. And buying extras can be a great way to have a very good flight experience on a budget airline. We learn over time to always book the bulkhead seats on the long haul Melbourne to KL Air Asia flight. It was still tons cheaper than any other airline and we felt so much more comfortable than even on a full service airline, just having those better seats, buying the meals, all of that. We just felt a little bit more special and it was a little bit more pleasant. We always buy water at the airport to take on when we can, as well as some snacks. But note, in Singapore and KLIA, so when you're flying back home, they do the security check at the gate. So you can't buy, you know, some water at the shop and then take it on board, unfortunately. You get stuck having to buy on board. I always buy pre-buy the meals as well for budget airlines. You know, they can run out. Often there's more options online. It can be cheaper as well. Um, I just find it easier. Sometimes they also come around and give you the food first too, which is a big bonus, especially if you've got children. Definitely make sure you get your luggage right though, as this is where they can really sting you if you like, you know, don't book any luggage and you turn up with a suitcase or if you're a kilo over even, um, it can be really annoying. If you're leaning more towards business, Plus, than budget airlines, you are in for a treat. I've recently flown Malaysia Airlines, Singapore and Qantas into either KL or Singapore, and I've had a really great experiences. I do think Singapore and Qantas are far ahead of Malaysia Airlines if you can fly them in business class instead. I do have full reviews, including videos linked to in the show notes. So if you're interested in these options, make sure you go check out Dive Into Malaysia slash episode two. I'd still look for flights in business class the same way as I described above using Skyscanner. You can select business and then look at the airlines directly once you have an idea of who flies and their relative prices. To recap, today we talked about flights. Now, it may be a little bit more boring than talking about all the amazing things you could do in Malaysia, like in the last episode, but you know, it is necessary to get there first. I recommend you book online using an engine like Skyscanner to help you find the best deals, then book at airlines direct, even though they can be a bit pricier direct than using some of the websites that Skyscanner recommends. You're just in a much better position if something goes wrong when you can just deal with the airline directly. Definitely consider flying into Singapore as well as Kuala Lumpur, and you can easily from Singapore take a taxi or bus into Malaysia. Now, if you want the absolute best price, signing up for budget airline newsletters and being prepared to pay for extras like luggage and meals can really help you get that lowest price possible for your Malaysian trip. There are also some great business class options too. Now, remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at diveintomalaysia.com slash episode two. 
Now, make sure you subscribe to this channel because next episode I'm talking about everything Kuala Lumpur with an emphasis on food with a KL tour guide. You'll soon have a great overview of what you'll want to do in Kuala Lumpur and why you should visit this great city. I look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks for listening to Dive Into Malaysia Travel. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more travel inspiration, planning advice and fun about travelling in Malaysia. Don't forget to leave a review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you next episode.